This is Lance Garner with the Elk Junkie Podcast, reporting live from the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp uh, trial. No, we don't want to talk about that, do we? <laughs> no. Nobody wants to hear about that. Everybody's done listening to that. <laughs> it's it's entertainment that has been passed. Yeah. They're, they're famous once again. Yeah. All right, Dave, I'll let you really kick things off. <laughs> okay. Welcome, Junkies. We're excited to come to you today with this podcast. We sat down with Ryan Carter with DC Outfitters, and he enlightened us with some amazing knowledge that he has. Um, he's been in the industry for quite a while, running his outfitting business and hunting in general, and just had some great uh, suggestions and other pieces of advice that we could all use. I know it was a benefit for me for sure to just listen to him and just to pick his brain just a little bit today. We talk a little bit about trail cameras. And honestly, we thought he was going to have the opposite of idea or opinion of the, the trail cam ban that's that's come into effect in here in Utah. And we were quite surprised, honestly. Yeah, I thought um, it would be more of the outfitters that would really be impacted, not so much the uh, do-it-yourself hunters. And that was his opinion that the, the, the do-it-yourself everyday hunter is going to be more impacted by this than the guides. And I think a lot of that is because the, the guides have been hunting a particular area for so long. Yeah. They have the knowledge that they need. It's nice to have the trail cameras up. Um, they can see age class. Yeah. It was important to them. But, you know, they're still going to be able to get their bulls. They can still get their cameras out and, and get a good feel for the age class um, by July 31st when yeah. the cameras are supposed to come down. That so poem. Yeah, great information from him um, on that. I mean, we, we covered several topics. As you said, he had just a wealth of knowledge. Even after we quit the podcast, he shared a lot more information with us. Um, so uh, we'll have to do another podcast with Ryan just to pick his brain some more. Yeah, he, um, he's, he's just levels above, oh, you yeah. know, uh, 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 of us, honestly. Yeah, just about yeah. anybody, honestly. Yeah, so uh, very impressive. We had a great time talking to Ryan. So Ambush hunting. Ambush hunting, that's right. We didn't talk about that on the podcast, but we talked about it afterwards. So Spot and stock and, and ambush hunting. And so we'll have to talk about that uh, in a future episode with him. And so thought I'd jump one a question, though. Sure. Did you draw? No. Well, I drew my deer tag. Deer but that's tag. just like a given. Yeah. Archery. Archery deer tag. Yeah. I was unsuccessful on my limited entry elk, unfortunately. How many points did you have again? It was like five? Five. Five. I think I was like a... Last year, it would have been, I think, 25% chance, but. Yeah, I don't think we've seen, we haven't seen the draw odds yet. We're going to see when they, when they come out, we'll yeah. find out what your chances really were. But five points probably was pretty close in the area you were going for. So Yeah, yeah, I was just, I was hopeful. I was really hopeful. Maybe next year, we'll see. Yeah, I'm on the waiting period. I, uh, same thing. I, I, I always put in for uh, an archery deer yeah. on, a, on a unit that I know I can draw. There's certain ones you know you can draw. Yeah, as an and, archery tech, for yeah. sure. And then you can basically hunt the uh, extended hunt if yeah. that's what you're after. And that's pretty much what I'm after. So that's what I did. So it sounds like we'll be deer hunting with our bows. Yep. So And general season out this year. Yeah. Unless we decide to go crazy and go somewhere else. Yeah. Who knows? That's sounds like we need to get out of the state. <laughs> get out of the state or just do something different, but... I'm excited to get out there. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into the podcast? Sounds great. All right. See ya. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is Lance Garner with the Elk Junkie Podcast. We're here with Ryan Carter today. Uh, we've got an awesome podcast for you. We're going to cover lots of topics. Um, welcome, Ryan. Hey. 
It's good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you making the trek all the way to our location, probably a good hour and a half maybe from your place. But yeah, um, I th- I think I'd heard about you or at least known about you from, from Instagram, all, all those incredible videos that you always post. So you're always posting, you know, videos of elk from trail cameras, et cetera, like that. Um, and is that, I assume that's mostly for, for your, um, guiding service. Yeah. Is, is DC Outfitters, is that your service? Is that what you own or do you work for somebody? No, that's me. Okay. Yep. What, what does DC stand for? Where'd that come from? Originally, um, me and my, I had a partner, Shonda Gray, that owns and runs the Total Archery Challenge. He was my partner. And so to Gray Carter, DC Outfitters. But okay. Sean's moved on. He's way too busy. Yeah, he is. I can't even get him to answer my phone calls. I don't think I've <laughs> talked to him in six months. Jeez. In fact, I was just complaining to a guy. I'm like, dude, I don't know if Sean's mad at me, but I've called him six times, left four messages, not one call back. <laughs> and Sean's probably, if not my best friend, my top three. Yeah. So I know he's not mad at me. He's just busy. Come on, Sean, make a call. It's that time of (laughs) year for him. I mean, he's traveling all over the country right now. He is all over. I think he's in Vermont this week. So yeah, yeah, he's a busy guy. Wow. Um, You know, so speaking of like trail camera videos and stuff like that, you collect, how many cameras are we talking here? I mean, I think I had heard from a previous podcast that you're running almost close to a hundred cameras. Is that about right? Oh, no, it's a lot more than that. Oh, wow. Um, this year I, I, I'm, I've been pulling, um, I'm going to cut it down. I think we're going to try to keep it around 65. Now, is that because of the whole trail camera regulations or is that just, yeah, a, a little bit. Um, it's hard to keep up with those cameras anyway. I like running them. It, it was fun to, uh, drop them off in different units. And I mean, I have a half dozen on the Manti, a few on the Nebo. Um, I had about 30 on the San Juan that I pulled this weekend. Um, we'll have a few on the Dutton Beaver this year, but we are hunting it. Um, and I'll probably put 50 on the boulder, okay. um, but the rest wow. I'm going to try to pull just because, um, if you're not permitted for an area, like I don't have my special use permits for, uh, the San Juan or the Manti or the Nebo. So, and no tags to speak of. So technically, legally, I think I can run cameras there, um, based on the proclamation that just came out. However, um, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, backlash on this yeah. for a couple of years yeah. until people really start to adhere to the rules a little bit. I just, I don't want to deal with it. Like, yeah. it's it's not worth it to me. Like, a long time ago, that was content. It was something to post and have fun with. Um, I don't like the drama of it. So, uh, <laughs> and if, if I really had to be honest... Uh, I have two Terra in trail cam photos oh. in my cloud. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, You've I, got plenty of daylight. Yeah, out yeah I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't post even a percentage of it. Yeah, and so really, I really just need to cut back for mental health, probably more than anything else. So your legs too. That's got to be a lot of miles. Yeah, some some of them. You know, the, a lot of the cameras I was running on the San Juans I could drive to. I took my mom. She's 64, and we just kind of went cruising and picked up cameras. And it wasn't bad. There's a couple of half mile off the trail kind of wow. things. But my like my boulder routes, I some of them are 16, 18 miles long hmm. to get the cameras in and out and switch cards. And those are work. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So beautiful country, though. 
Yeah, some of it. Yeah. So what you know what we're talking about really is the the new uh, regulations in Utah. I guess it, is it July thirty first through December thirty first. You're not supposed to use trail cameras, whether they're transmitting or non transmitting, for trying to take an animal. Bottom for aiding, or, yeah, yeah. In aid and harvest, yeah, or selling. That's like, true. Yeah, they're, they'll sell. go after you if you have the information and sell it to somebody. Then, yeah, that's they can prosecute you for that. So this is the wow. first season or year that we're going to see this. That we're going through this regulation. I mean, what's your prediction? I mean, what do you think? Let's we'll talk guides maybe separately. But what do you think the general hunter is going to do? Do you think they're mostly just going to go ahead and just put up the cameras, pull them on the thirty first, or uh, it's going to be interesting just to see? I guess what's going to happen. I, you know, I haven't worried, I haven't put that much thought into it. Um, from my perspective, uh, guys who hunt these units year after year, especially for elk, it, elk are uh, pretty habitual. Mm-hmm. Um, without drastic changes to the cow herds, a lot of the rutting uh, seems to follow suit year after year. So I don't stress about it too much. Um, patterning is, is a legit thing, and it's something I've, done really well but patterning only works till labor day um utah's a state where you can capitalize on that we usually start around the 18th so you have two weeks that you can kind of figure out what they're doing and maybe sit on them do an ambush type kill um my percentage rates aren't great on that um if i really had to look at how many people have killed doing that it's it's on one handful mm-hmm. uh i work for eric chesser in the fire bowl like it's happened it does happen it's just patterning isn't uh as effective as people might think and so technically trail cameras don't help other than assessing age class which is what their role has always been yeah um you draw a tag you put out cameras you want to figure out what you want to kill opening day like what what you what would you pass what would you not pass i, I have eight cameras out best bull i've pulled is 360 i have six in the 340s like Opening day, I'm not going to shoot a 330. I'll hold out for one of those six, but midway into the hunt, I'm not passing a 340 bull. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go for the couple of 360s. We're assessing age class, and that's across the board, no matter where you go. If you're in the Midwest on whitetails, like you're hunting high country muleys, like that's what you're doing is assessing age class and figuring out what to kill. Hmm. So targeting one animal, I could probably count on both hands, maybe one hand, the guys who are successful at patterning an animal and killing them. Very small percentage. Okay. So this law uh, targeting a uh, few outfitters, and right. possibly me included, but th- this law w- w- who is targeting them did not hurt them whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned, um, I have all my intel by July 31st. I'm not stressed mm-hmm. about it. I'm going to go do my normal thing. Um, this hurt. It crippled the DIY hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, if I look long-term at... Um, like every year, I kind of put together a hit list of bulls that I send out to my clientele. Um, through the years, it shrank. I remember like years back in 2008, we would have 20 bulls over book that would be on our list. And these are the bulls we're going to try and kill, you know. And as it kind of progressed, I think I have five this year that I'm really going to try to uh-huh. target in on. If I look at all those years, I mean, even even back to... 2007, 2008, I can only think of about five bulls that were killed out from under me by DIY hunters. Uh, One of them was last year, and that kid was on my feet 
Like everywhere I went, he had a camera pointing at mine. It was screwing up <laughs> because of the flashes. He, you know, he had cheaper cameras and the flashes were throwing up all my stuff. But good on him. Yeah. Like his public land, man. Like get after it. And he killed an awesome bull. One nice. of the best bulls to come out of Utah last year and good on him. But really I can only count up five guys that were successful at doing that. So now that they've taken the trail cameras away, the motivation to walk up some of those trails is pretty huh. uh, dismal at best for right. for a for a guy who has never set a foot on the unit or used to hunt it for deer and now he's drawn an elk tag and I I mean these guys are really gonna have to put in some work and they really hurt them. It, well, it's 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 interesting you said that because I I think at least myself I imagine most people thought this that this was gonna hurt the guides more than the do-it-yourself hunters. Um, you're, you're saying it's basically it's going to be the opposite, right? So I I can, I can see your point, though. I mean, I because for us, like just a normal person going out there, you don't know the unit like you guys do. You don't know the pattern. You don't know, okay, right. the elk are here at this watering hole at this certain time. And, you know, if you can't get cameras out there and pattern that, you don't have the time to do that for one, because most of the time, let's say an average person like ourselves, we only have X, Y, Z amount of days that we can hunt. Mm -hmm. And if we can't put in that time beforehand, then you're not going to know the area like you should. Let's look at it this way. Um, This isn't new. Nevada's had this in place for five years. Yeah. So, um, Let's just look at some stupid facts. Uh, Doyle Moss killed the four biggest bulls in Nevada last year without the aid of cameras. Doesn't even live in Nevada. He was competing against guys who live there, guys who know it very well. Still killed the biggest bulls without cameras. No do-it-yourselfer got in that ring. Mm -hmm. Um, Has age class increased? No. In fact, if anything, Nevada's age class has gone down in the last five years. Uh, has opportunity increased? No. Uh, if anything, they've dropped tags quite a bit. Um, our state, uh, did you guys go to the meeting? It was up here. I, I, I watched it. Okay, I watched it too. Not only did I watch it, like, I kept track. Mm-hmm. And if I looked at that meeting, it, it, and I don't remember, but... It, and I'd probably exaggerate, but I remember thinking they said the word feeling 17 times. We feel that this is having, you know, it, it's so increasing it's not, success. Not we based we on feel, facts. right. They, they said, feel, feel, feel that we yeah. sent out a statistics with hunters and they felt like this. And we feel that as a rapport, we should do this. And nothing was fact. There wasn't any statistics yeah. given. It was, it was feelings, 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 feelings. And it was like, man, you guys, it's not like this hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Like, look at our next door neighbors. Did it help them? Did it increase odds? No. Not, like, nothing changed. Yeah. Like, they're, they're targeting technology, but they're not targeting the right stuff. Right. To say that trail cameras kills game is silly. Yeah. You know, I, I heard about a kid that, that had transmitting cameras that was sitting in school and we spike hunting. And he got a text that... The elk were right there. He left school, went up, killed the spike. Yeah. I, that still took effort. <laughs> yeah. And, leave school. and a little bit of dedication. <laughs> I like, I, I still look at it like, man, so I've heard things like that works, yeah. but 
in all reality, um, not a lot of people put forth the effort. Yeah. A lot of guys hang cameras, but a lot of guys don't check them. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, there was some validity to the transmitting rule. Um, I don't use them. I, I never have service. Uh, not that I don't like them or wouldn't use them, sure. but I, they've never done me any good. So, uh, I wasn't really opposed to that. I, and the trail camera thing in general, I'm like, well, is what it is. But man, if we're going to focus on effectiveness and try to increase age and try to uh, look at what's really hurting our statistics, let's look at what's really hurting animals. Like, let's talk about these guys that are wounding elk at 1,200 yards. Like, right. let's talk about the yeah. things that are really causing problems versus things that aren't, but we feel like they are. Like... And it's probably the easy thing to go after because it's kind of like it's in the public eye. It's the whole, I don't know, whole part of the social discussion and everything else. And so it's probably the easy thing to, to target. And they went at first, at least I felt a little bit blindsided. I felt like they were starting out with the transmitting and that's where they were going to go. But then they decided, hey, let's just do away with all of them, which I thought was kind of a shock when they went and said, hey, let's do away with all the cameras. And um, I just kind of wasn't quite prepared for it. But and, and I would have preferred at least if they were going to do something, well, then start with the transmitting. Let's see if it actually makes a difference. Like you said, let's collect some data. Let's see where we're data, at today. Yeah. Let's see what the baseline is today. Let's now go after the transmitting for so many years, collect the data, and let's see if they're actually made any difference. But they just kind of full swipe. Well, that's any politics anymore, right? Um, not only was there nonprofits involved in this decision-making, there was division leaders that think a certain way. Um, this wasn't generated off statistics or rapport or, or, or anything. Uh, just like any of our modern politics, a yeah. lot of feelings are involved mm -hmm. yeah. and it, it, uh, it, and it's ugly and it, yeah. it, feelings turn into overreach and government overreach is what this is. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I, I'm okay with it. I'm like, whatever. Like, <laughs> it doesn't scare me. If anything, I'm like, you know what? We'll get our cameras pulled. We'll probably lose less. Less people will damage them. Um, never really increases success in the rut anyway, which by week two, that's what we're in. So as far as me and my guides, we just talked about it. And like, we're just going to move forward. We're going to do things the right way like we always have. And sad thing is we'll still probably have the same results mm -hmm. and with less people stepping on our toes as before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What it's going to be interesting to see how they regulate this, because I don't know how they're going to go out and really regulate the cameras. And I don't know when I actually brought this up. I was thinking, you know, how do, how do you think the the do it yourself hunter is going to regulate? I mean, if I'm walking along and I see a trail camera on September fifteenth on a wallow, you know, DWR is basically saying, well, just report it, tell us where it's at, and report it. Don't touch it because it's private property. But it'll be interesting to see what hunters actually do. Will they care? Will they damage it? Will it's going to get destroyed. Yeah. What are they going to do? <laughs> That's, That's what I think. I do, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, there's still good people out there. Yeah. And there's still, and, until people really realize that you're still legally can run cameras. Mm -hmm. You just can't use them in aid. Right. Um, and, and they knew this, like that was part of the reason it was rained back and put back in from the house because if you were to regulate motion censored cameras, the ring doorbell I just rang upstairs would be illegal. It's pointed at public land, mm -hmm. correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a motion sensor camera, just like you're putting up on the mountains. Yeah. So they realized they had a lot more hoops than they needed to jump to really 
prosecute to go after this type of law. Um, so I think it's worded the way it's worded because of those reasons. And in all reality, I could have left my cameras on the San Juan this year. Sure. Because you're not hunting. You don't have permits. Yeah. yeah. But I don't need the drama. I don't need people pointing fingers. I don't want anyone saying, oh, you, he killed this bull because Ryan gave him pictures, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. I, I just don't want to deal with it. Yep. Like, I don't care about it that much. Yeah. I'm going to go do my thing, kill some great big bulls, and have fun. That's all that matters. Yeah. The part I enjoy about the, the cameras is during the rut, I like to see the activity. So it's just, it, it's never helped me kill an animal, but it, I enjoy seeing that rutting activity. That's like I said, I, that's why I think you have a lot of followers. That's the big reason I follow you is because you have such awesome video of elk behavior that you just don't get to see typically unless you've got a trail camera up and so that's a disappointing thing for me is well i can't run my camera in an area that i'm going to be hunting so i've thought well i guess if i just want to see running behavior i'll go stick my cameras up somewhere i'm not hunting and i'll record the behavior and i'll go hunt somewhere else and i have to go pick them up later and hope like hell some karen doesn't smash it yeah that's right <laughs> exactly yeah. or smear mud on it or <laughs> something well, yeah that's always been the game anyway but it it's just amplified it yeah. So yeah. Uh, Arizona pushed this because of the conflict between outfitters and do-it-yourself hunters and cattlemen. The conflict on some of these places in the desert where there was 15 cameras on one tree, um, it, was, it was tough, and I'm sure that was hard to manage. Um, I think our division, by doing this, a blanket like ban is the word they kept saying, um, it's going to increase conflict. That's what it's going to do. There's yeah. going to be a lot more destruction of private property, which our state doesn't care about anyway. Yeah. But um, there, there's going to be more conflict because of it, because they didn't do it the right way. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, there's always rules. And the guys who are good at what they do are good because they follow the rules. Yeah. The, the guys that are consistent anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it'll weed out people. It's, it's fine. Yeah. It's just crappy. Because I love cameras. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do with them all? <laughs> you just hang on to them. And when the other ones get damaged, you just go put them up. Yeah, I probably have 60 that need trashed. Oh, thrown yeah. away. Yeah, I'm not super stressed about it. So, Do you prefer to do video or still can't, still pictures? What do you do? And usually video, I guess, based on what I've seen. I run the DS4K because it does video and pictures at the same time. Oh. So uh, then that's the ones I'm going to weed out or the cameras that just do photos or yeah. Or just run video because for me, I, I'd rather have both. Yeah. Yeah, the video is a lot of fun. Well, and then the sound too. You know, the bugling or whatever else you're going to hear, thrashing in the mud or whatever mm -hmm. I've yeah. seen in all your videos. So, well, we could always talk about something a little less controversial like <laughs> Amber Heard and Johnny Depp or something. <laughs> <laughs> don't even go there. Yeah, I don't think I want to hear any of that. I'm not into that. <laughs> it's gone old real quick. Uh, who cares about a bunch of millionaires, right? Battling yeah. out for more millions. Right. Right. That's all right. it is. Boo -hoo. That's all it is. Um, Cry me a river, right? <laughs> shed hunting. So uh, I we were talking this a little earlier. Um, I've been trying to do a video. I've never shed hunted. I've been trying to do a video of shed hunting and, and just kind of my experience of it. I found it to be much more difficult than I thought. Um, a lot more miles I had to put on my feet. And I, I guess I've kind of concluded that a person really needs to know where to go. Um, and that comes from experience. I mean, someone could tell you where to go, but I'm guessing probably a lot of folks aren't going to because it's kind of like hunting. They don't want to tell you their spot. 
but I think uh, I've just kind of concluded you got to put a lot of miles on your legs. You've got to put the effort and time in to know where to go and just, and, and that's going to go a long ways, but you're, you're successful at it. I mean, is there, is there a secret? Is there anything to it that <laughs> you would share? Well, this is the secret. Shed hunting isn't hunting. <laughs> Shed hunting is finding. Um, you, you don't have to get the wind right. They, they, yeah, they don't run yeah. away. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're there. I, I think, I, th- I think the biggest secret is the same secret to hunting. Yeah, we have seasons, but you can hunt every day. Mm-hmm. Right now, we could be out looking at elk. This minute, yeah. right now. Yeah. We have public land. We have opportunities. Shed hunting is the exact same way. Like, you got to get in to do your scouting weeks prior. Find out where they're sitting. See what the elevations are. See, you know, that bachelor herds set up on groups, and rarely do they shift because they corner themselves up in high slopes, um, especially up north. You know, down south, once we get on mesas, um, you can't corner them in south slopes. But there are multiple mesas, and one mesa might have 40 bulls. And so... You kind of can tack certain things down um, with some preseason scouting. So just just like any hunting season, shed hunting has a technical season. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and it's it goes from first of March somewhere that and that goes for deer and elk. I mean, some deer shed earlier, but not very often, uh, especially in southern Utah. March is kind of the bar, um, but you have that March window until the oak brush blooms, which is right now. Pretty much your end of May, like you're done. Like yeah. the grass gets too tall, you can't see the through the oak brush. Like everything's bloomed, and sheds get buried in leaves and grass. So, um, you do have a small window. It's not small; two months. You know, yeah. you can get out and quite a do do quite a bit of damage, yeah. but it, it requires years of kind of watching and learning and finding spots. And yeah, yeah, my spots change. I have a few spots I've been to in like 15 years. I have given them to guys and they've gone and cleaned up later and <laughs> it's, it's good. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just something to do in the spring. That's the know? thing I, I just enjoyed getting out. Even though I wasn't finding anything, I was like, this is awesome to get out now. And like you said, go out, try to get out there early and, and scout. Now I, I was seeing lots and lots of cows. So I knew I was, well, okay, I'm not looking probably high enough in elevation was what I was assuming, but, um, just getting to see the elk right now was awesome. You know, it was a lot of fun just to get out. Um, but I tried to follow the general rules, you know, South facing slopes and high elevation and all these different things that they, they say you should look for. But I don't know, at the end of the day, I felt like there's, that's all good, but it's kind of boots on the ground and putting the time in, I think is where you become successful. Yep. So Yep. That's, that's key. Just like anything else, it's just a bunch of work. Yeah. So, and that's why I say like, even, even it, from trail cams to shed hunting, the guys who put in the work are the guys that are successful. Like we, there's not going to be some secret trail cams aren't the secret to killing something big. Yeah. It, there's no like easy how to, the, the simple fact is the guys who are consistent, the guys who, you know, really get it done year after year after year. Just the guys who aren't afraid to work hard. Yeah. They, they set their priorities a little bit different. They make time for things that other people don't make time for. And it's, it's really simple. Yeah. But that's the, that's the bar. Yeah. Do you get a chance to get out and elk hunt yourself? No. No. You get a whitetail hunt, don't you? 
Mm-hmm. But, but don't get a chance to elk hunt. Is that, I don't know, is that an issue for you? Do you enjoy seeing other people kill elk just as much? Yeah, that's not an issue. <laughs> I, I mean, most of them are replicas. A couple of them are real bulls. But I I think I have nine bulls in my house now, over mm-hmm. 400. Yeah. I'm all right with it. But you just, the excitement. Though, <laughs> just, I, I imagine it's got to be a blast, though. Did to, you hear that part? Over 400. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's got to be a blast just, though, to, to take somebody out as a guide, especially someone new who had, had, had a lot of experience, and to see that emotion, see everything, how, how they react, you know, to getting their first bull. Everything's everything's different. Um, do I like hunting elk? Yes, I do. Uh, do I like the rut? I love the rut. Do I like trophy hunting the rut? Absolutely not. Absolutely hate trophy hunting during the rut. It, it's the, one of the most complicated things you can do. Um, so like everything's got its checks and balances. Some things are super rewarding. Some things are twice as hard and some things, and and you get experience at all when you're not limiting yourself to the tags that you can get. And, and, you know, like, like opportunity is shrinking every single year as well as our herds. I, I don't see things getting better. I don't see our youth having more opportunities. Um, things aren't being managed, uh, the way they should, as far as conservation goes. And so if I'm going to look at opportunity, I, I'm just as happy to see another guy be successful yeah, and me being a key player in that. And so I'm cool with it. Like I, I don't have anything to prove anymore. I just, I, I love just being with cool people. I, <laughs> I don't take phone calls from guys that like to brag and like to name drop. I, <laughs> I'll tell him, Hey, good luck. I try calling this guy. And I get off the phone with him Cause I just, I don't need it anymore. Yeah. I, I just, I really want to just key in on really cool people that aren't afraid to work hard and kind of know the game a little bit. And I enjoy that. It makes, uh, hunting fun. Yeah. yeah. What's some of your most memorable, I mean, you have a memorable hunt, one that just kind of stands out. Someone you took out. It was just awesome. You want a long story or? Yeah, I'd love it. Sure. <laughs> you don't even have to give names if it's like if it's something you, you, that's sketchy. You do whatever you want. You know what? I, I got so many stories. It's ridiculous. I, it, You know, in terms of what we were just talking about, um, I, I had a year. It was one of my first years guiding. I'd probably been doing it three or four years at the time. And I, and I've told the story before, but I, I had a lady show up just kind of expecting a bull tied to a tree. Like, ready to go. This years ago. This was, I mean, I ran cams at the time, but they didn't. It was flashbulb camera, 35 mil. Like, mm. most of them were full of cows, moo cows, right? right. <laughs> um, you know, she comes to camp. She's, day one, we kind of go after the bull we're after, but we put on a lot of miles. Day two, her knees were not working. She was like, you know, can we go for a four-wheeler ride? Called her a really good bull. Um I called him a little low. I, you know, I, he came in hot and I'm like, yeah, he's a 370 bull. And she passed and we filmed him. He walked off and then we're sitting in camp and I'm looking at the video. I'm like, yeah, I probably missed him a little bit. And long story short, we went back in. It took a couple of days. We killed him. And at the time, you know, he hit the dirt and I said, ah, my first, I was right on, you know, he's a 370 bull. And she was mad this girl's looking for 400. Like everybody is, you know, she's, she's upset. Hardly said a word to me. Didn't tip bitched about me online until she got her officially scored. And it was 384 and some change, you know, and then she's happy and calls and apologizes. And 
you know, the, she, she shot that bull, uh, got, got him opened up, broke down a little bit and left, came back the next morning. Um, there was some guys camped not too far from us and they kept saying, Hey, you guys kill bull. Like we got horses. We're not, we're just here. We'll go get him. Cool. So I stopped by their camp. Hey, we kill a bull. Awesome. Can we come pack him out? Yeah, let's do it. Next morning we got up, we rode in there. Finish breaking them down, load them in the panniers. We're starting to ride out. And the one guy says, man, that's a big gun for, what, coyotes? Like, He's like, oh, no, I got a tag. I'm like, you're shitting me. And he goes, yeah, in fact, I kind of wanted to ask you. I don't want to step on your toes, but, man, there's a lot of bulls calling in here. And I'm like, dude, there's a giant bull in here. Like, let's go kill him. And I was in jeans and, like, a bright red shirt, like <laughs> – I mean, we were covered in blood and he had all the boogers on our fingers, right? Yeah. And um, anyway, I'm like, does anyone have a reed? And his his son's like, I keep one in my wallet and pulls out this old, like, kind of brittle reed. And I get I get chirping. I'm like, ah, oh, this will work, you know? I said, let's go kill a bull. We dove off and uh, it took about an hour and a half. Uh, this, this was kind of cool. So. <laughs> we get on top of this bull and um i had had a glimpse of him i knew it was him and i i told him i'm like okay so i mean you stay in front of me about 60 yards i'm gonna stay back i keep working him so he did, he's focused on my sound i you just keep working in on this bull and i got to a point where we were really close and he just wouldn't peek around the hill you know you're in that dead zone so when i'm in a dead zone i don't call um when they shut up I, I step back and break branches. I make a ton of noise. Mm-hmm. Like start whacking sticks on trees and breaking as many dead branches and stuff as I can sound. I want to sound like a herd of elk. So I step back and do this and I turn around and I see his gun up. Right? And I'm like, oh, he's right there. So I turn and look and I'm like, oh, bull's right there. And I can see him. I mean, just as big as life. He's not one of the biggest bulls in our camp, but... God, I don't even remember. I think he went 403 or something. And he was 55 inches inside. Wow. Big wide sucker. And he raised his gun. And I'm like waiting for a gunshot. Like sitting there with my fingers in my ears and nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. And, and then he puts his gun down. And I see the bull walking off. And he turns around and gives me a thumbs up and smiles. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> that guy's got huge balls. <laughs> and I, I kind of walk up. I'm like, what happened? He goes, hi, he's a cool bull. I'm like, dude, you, you just passed a 400-inch bull. Like, what are you thinking? And he's like, dude, did you see his fifths? They're like this big. And he holds his fingers a couple inches apart. And I'm like, bro, those were his G6s. <laughs> he says, you're shitting me. His G5s are 20 inches long. I says, yeah, bro. <laughs> and he, like his face physically went gray. Oh. Like just gray is gray. And he's sick to his stomach. And he's like, you knew that bull? And I said, yeah, I totally were killing a giant and and he's just kind of sick and he goes well maybe tomorrow and i'm like yeah maybe tomorrow let's walk out of here and we turned we probably in fact we were talking like we'd been talking about the you know the size and looking at him and i look over to my left and the bull's freaking standing there wow i like i'm i grabbed his shirt tugged on it and pointed and the guy i i was still i'm still like amazed at how fast he threw his gun up and shot and the bull just died. Like, there was no kicking. There was no run. I mean, he just, I don't know if he spined him, but he just tipped over dead. Like, <laughs> what, how did that happen, you know? And wow. go down, we're high five, and he's like, yeah, I thought those G6s are like, he, he's just huge. 
the guy had his his son was prepping for a mission. He lived up in the basin. Just the sweetest, nicest guy. You know, he's mm. like, I don't have money to pay you. Like, one day I'm going to buy you a truck. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Still waiting on the truck. <laughs> and I remind him every time I'm driving through town, hey, dude. <laughs> I need a new but, rig. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the difference, you know, he, he was talking about a son that passed away. He's teared up. He, we had these long, like, just uh, almost spiritual talks. He's an hour and a half walk out in the dark. The next, you know, we met his son. He, he told him he shot a dink, and the next day it was just a big joke and super fun. And wow. Um, but the the contrast, right, is, yeah. is the part of the story I like. The the lady coming in with the high expectations and killing a giant bull. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he was only three seventy, which I still feel he was, three seventy is a giant elk. Mm-hmm. It is. Yep. Three fifty is a giant elk. Yep. I, a lot of people get so stuck on these numbers and have no idea. I mean, I've I've seen twelve year old bulls. That's where they cap out, and they're they're big. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you know better and don't get hung up on the numbers, like three seventy is a monster. Yeah. But she's hung up on the numbers. She left mad. She wasn't there for the pack out. The division ended up ticketing her because she left without the meat. Oh my she took goodness! Took the antlers and went home. Wow. And I and I called and I'm like, you need to come back and get this meat. I can't do anything with it, and this is waste. And I took it up to a freezer, and the freezer guy obviously called the division, and they came. And I told them what happened, and she got ticketed, and it, it was just part of part of the mess. Jeez. Upset about the score, upset about the stuff. Yet here I have this sweet, nice old guy, you know. Yeah. Shot humble and way there. bigger bull, and, and he was willing to spend his time. He could have been hunting. He's, right. he's willing to spend his time to help yeah. you pack out an elk. He's just up there for just, <laughs> just to have a good time. Yeah, and I mean, look how it paid out for him, you know. He's yeah. still, like, you walk into his house up there, and right when you walk in the front door, here's this freaking 60-inch wide giant elk. Uh-huh. And it was just super special and super cool. And still, it, it holds a place in my heart as one of the most special 24 hours of my life. One, just we killed two amazing bulls. Like, yeah amazing bulls yeah under 24 hours and then two just the contrast between the the the, the good-hearted nature of one person and the the kind of uh egos driven nature yeah. of another if uh, that makes sense yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it's crazy how these stories sometimes these things come together too where you're just you're walking out you're talking they're animals and you know and all and it, he's just right there you know and <laughs> that was a rut <laughs> They're they're they, they're animals, but man, they're 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 as stupid as we were when we were fifteen. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you prefer? So do you prefer to hunt early or the rut when you're taking out clients? I I, I specialize in the bow hunts. I would I would way rather um, do an early season archery hunt than because of the pattern. Yeah, uh, and the difficulty and the the uh, the rewards are greater in my mind you know i it, <laughs> i mean i i watched jimmy john kill a 468 inch bull at 900 yards mm-hmm. you know it, it was awesome every every part of that was awesome but man i've seen 330 bulls drop with a bow that i was way more pumped about mm. like yeah. you know I, everything has its successes yeah everything has its rewards and value and and that bull, bull, I I hold value in it. There was a lot of pieces to that puzzle that had to come together for everything to work, and I had a big part in all those pieces. And so, 
I hold that near and dear to my heart, but long-term, if I look at, um, kind of driven success and the, the, the amount of effort that went in and X, Y, Z, there, there's been things that were more memorable. And so like this year, I'm, I'm only guiding a couple archery hunters. We got a lot more in camp and I'll show up on the rifle hunts and help where I can and do a lot of photos and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. But I'd way rather be with those bow hunters personally. So it sounds to me like you've got more than how many guides are you running typically? We got five. Five. And Mm -hmm. so you've got obviously guys for archery season, rifle season, probably early, late, I'm assuming maybe. They all have their roles and they all have what they like. Okay. Um, and they're all good. You know, I I, I had this uh, conversation with Ryan Hatch, and this was 15-plus years ago. And uh, Verosco had just left Muley Crazy, and Ryan was kind of stepping back from guiding, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you stepping back and letting these other guys do their thing? And he's like, look, man, I figured something out. And for a time, I might have been one of the best. He goes, but now there's new guys that figured out what I did, and now they're doing it better, and they're just better. And I looked at him, I'm like, bullshit. What are you talking about, old man? Like, you're one of the best there ever was, because I still, there's a lot of lessons I learned from that guy that, that, man, still ring true to this very day. He's an amazing mule deer hunter, one of the greatest to ever walk. And um, he's right. I have these kids working for me that, I've taught them what I do and they do it better. Huh. And one kid that I've never even hunted with him and he's better than me. He's like phenomenal and they're driven. And I'm just like, Hey, I'll pay you guys really good. I, but I expect the best. I don't want to see you showing up two days for a hunt and taking them in and killing a three thirty bull and calling it a hunt. Like you want to do that. You go hunt for one of these other guides. I don't know. I throw them under the bus, but I'm like the, every other outfit does that, but not mine. You guys want to be in my camp, you're going to kill the biggest bulls you can find. And if you kill a bull that you don't know by name, dude, we're not friends. Huh. So my guys work extra hard, and they love their role, and they get paid well for it. So what do you attribute that to, them getting being better? These kids nowadays, you know, I, I mean, we're all about the same age, like mid-40s, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they grew up with the internet. They grew up with Google Earth. They grew up with all these things that you and I struggle with. Yeah. Like we, we know our way around it. We do all right. Um, they know a lot better. And there's a lot to be said about, you know, our era as well. Like there's a lot of wood, woodsmanship that's dying. Uh-huh. Correct. All the same. Um, man, they just get around better. They have better optics. They have better like know-how. Like they have a lot more resources. This is what this podcast is, a resource. Yeah. You get to figure things out. Ryan Carter sits down and talk about early season patterning for two hours. Man, that's a lot of intel that I, I can't even tell you how many pair of boots I wore out learning that stuff. And these kids just have these resources that we never had. Yeah. yeah. You know, we had the truth videos. We had, <laughs> you know, there's just the old school, like, I my first call is like, like I saw a book i think it was uh dwight shrew mm-hmm. talking about a bugle he made out of pvc and that's what i did it was my first bugle that was freaking 1980 something 92 or something yeah. 
And that's what I learned to do before Wayne Carlton started doing these little like packable bugles. And I mean, we it's just the resources that they yeah. grew up with versus what we grew up with, just night and day different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Like you said, with resources, I mean, there's so many resources nowadays for these for this younger generation, whatever it may be, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, it's out there, it's available to you. So why not take advantage of it? Right. So. Yeah. Good old Onyx. I mean, that game changer in a lot of aspects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's all good stuff. Yep. Well, Ryan, we've taken enough of your time, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, that was easy. (laughs) I thought we were going to dive into some heavy stuff. Oh, we won't dive into anything too heavy. We might even have time to beat the brush out. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I sit in traffic every day, regardless. (laughs) I don't. We'll we'll talk again. We'll get into some heavier stuff. Maybe some of like you said, early season tactics and things like that. Because I know I know you know those things extremely well. Yeah. Well, you know, and that information's out there. They don't have to go too far to find all that stuff. Like, um, I I like what you guys do. Your platform has a little bit more of a storytelling type vibe. Yeah. And I I think that's important. Um, the art of storytelling, not only has it faded out of music, but it's also faded out of a lot of day-to-day conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, stories are, are, are an important part of what we do and it's an important part of why we do what we do. Yeah. And people who can portray those and, and, and teach the lessons learned is a big deal. So yeah, yeah I'd love to come talk again anytime. Yeah. I Sweet. appreciate it. That's the thing about like some of these stories, you pick up on little tidbits of information too, that you can learn from, you know? So it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Wrap it up. All right. Perfect. We'll see you. Bye.